You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to episode 98 of the Well Women podcast. Now, that means we're only two episodes away from our 100th episode. Now, to celebrate, I'm compiling an episode with your voices for this 100th episode, a special episode edition, and I'd love to hear from you. Now, there's two steps to be a part of this episode, and I cannot wait to collate all of your voices together. So the first step is you need to pick your favorite learning from the show. It could be a tip you've applied to your menstrual side an aha moment, a mindset shift, something that's just clicked for you, a change that's happened in your cycle since you started listening, or maybe it's one of our great guests that we've had on the show. That's the first step. The second step is to go to this awesome website, speakpipe.com forward slash Gemily. There you'll see a little button you can press that is going to record your voice. And I want you to let me know your name, where you're from in the world, and share your favorite learning with us. Then I'm going to collate all of these together for our special 100th episode that's coming out in, yes, just two weeks time. So make sure you get your audio in ASAP as this is the last week to do so because I want to feature you and I don't want you to miss out. All right. I can't wait to hear from you. Now let's jump into today's episode. Today's episode is how to stop hormonal cycle acne with Katie Stewart. Now, we haven't had an episode dedicated to acne yet, and this is exactly what I've wanted to put together for you, so I'm very excited for you to dive into this episode. Now, I reached out to Katie specifically to talk about this topic of acne because Katie is a registered holistic nutritionist and the founder of the Clear Skin Solution. She specializes in helping women with acne clear from their skin and also doing so from the inside out by addressing their health through their gut, liver, and hormones. Katie works with clients internationally through her online coaching programs, which are designed to stop acne and give women their confidence back. Sound good, right? Now, Katie is based in Niagara region of Ontario, which is in Canada, and I'm very excited that she's able to connect with us today to share all of her wisdom. Now, in this episode, we hone in on focusing what are the most common types of acne. Did you know there's actually like six different types? We also talk about the food and diet that you can actually apply to support skin health overall. We talk about why we get acne and where it comes from in the first place, whether it's to do with your menstrual cycle or not. Then we talk about the gut and the skin connection. Now, that also allows us to dive into the chat about candida, because obviously everyone wants to know about candida these days. And then we touch on the foods to avoid to heal acne and also incorporate for acne-free skin. And then we wrap it up with tips on managing acne and overcoming it moving forward for good. Now, personally, I know what it's like to have cystic acne and acne just irritating you around different times of your cycle. So I trust you're going to enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by my brand new five-day Love Your Cycle mini course, a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had have taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 300 women from around the world who have already taken this course to reclaiming and reconnecting with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week and for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. Now, to say thank you for being an amazing listener of the Well Women podcast, I have a discount code for you. Use Cycle Love at the checkout to save 20% off. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to it. I have been looking forward to having you on the show because as we just chatted about before we hit record, I've not talked about acne on the show. And this is a challenge that a lot of women face. 
it is huge, especially, you know, in your realm of, you know, periods and menstrual cycles, like acne is kind of goes hand in hand. Right. So mm-hmm. super excited. And I'm sure your, your guests will, or your, your listeners will probably hopefully get some good tips and tricks. I cannot wait for them to get that stuff. Before we jump into it though, um, podcast question for all of our guests is tell us what day of your cycle are you on today and what are you checking in with? How do you feel in this moment and how have you felt today? Um, So I'm on day 27, so I should be getting my period today or the next day. I usually do 28 or 29 days. Um, I was probably a little more irritated than usual this morning but that's okay. I'm sure uh, no listeners can blame someone for having a little bit of the PMS, but um, other than that, no, I, I'm feeling pretty good. Awesome. They are definitely mm-hmm. the in autumn <laughs> signs yeah. of being a little bit agitated and frustrated. That's your body's getting ready to like hit ground zero. So exactly. acceptable. Now you're brand new to this show and we've never featured you before. So tell us who is Katie Stewart and what do you do? Yeah. So like you said, I'm Katie Stewart. I am a registered holistic nutritionist here in Ontario. I live in the province of Ontario, um, Canada, and I actually live in the Niagara region. So I'm in wine country, which is amazing. But what I do in my practice is I actually specialize in acne and specifically acne for adult women. And this is, you know, a niche that not a lot of people venture into. I find it's a lot smaller of a niche, but it's such a huge problem for women. So the reason why I actually decided to specialize in acne specifically. That's literally the only thing I deal with in my practice is people dealing with acne is I dealt with really bad um, cystic acne after I came off of the birth control pill. So I did all of the different types of the pill, the IUD, all of the things had previously flawless skin came off of all of the different birth control methods. And my skin was a nightmare. I started getting huge cystic acne on my chin, my jawline, my uh, like under my under my chin, even on my neck, my shoulders, my back, my chest, my arms, like it was everywhere. And it had a huge impact on my confidence because at the time, you know, I was this was happening between ages of like 20 to 25 ish. And my previous job was actually as a TV host. So I was hosting a TV show. So that meant my face and my breakouts was on an HD camera every single day. And it was mortifying. Like I was always layering tons of foundation and color correctors and concealers and stressing like, okay, like which angle of the lighting does my breakouts look less worse in or thinking like, is the person I'm interviewing, are they, can they see my breakouts? Are they thinking, you know, are they judging me for it? Are they taking me seriously? And, you know, I wasn't focusing on my job. So I know what it's like to deal with acne and having tried all of the things like the facials, the prescriptions, the products, like spent thousands and thousands of dollars to get nowhere and to feel like I was stuck with acne. So um, when I became a nutritionist, I remember my very, one of my very first textbooks about halfway in talked about the impacts of taking the pill and acne. And I was like, oh my God, there's a connection here. (laughs) Acne is a symptom of something else. This is in literature. (laughs) Yeah. So I was blown away because up until that point, I had never been told otherwise, except for that my acne was a topical problem. I hadn't found the right cleanser yet. So that's when I made the decision right there that I was going to specialize in acne and help other women realize they don't have to be stuck with that same fate. Oh, wow. I love your journey because I think women in general are quite self-conscious of their acne in general, Yeah, let alone being on TV Mm. in the face of a camera for a full-time job. All day, every day. And you, like you just said is, I think we, as women, we can really understand that when you're dealing with acne, especially as an adult woman, right? Because everyone expects teenagers to have acne, but when you're in your twenties, your thirties, your forties and your fifties, even I have clients through all of those decades, no one expects women to have that. And then they always feel like they're being judged. They're not being, you know, like I said, being taken seriously and they just lose a lot of their own self-confidence and self-worth. And I always tell my clients that, yes, my goal is to get rid of your acne, but my real goal is for them to have their confidence back because Mm. when you don't have that, 
it trickles into every area of your life, right? You don't show up as well at work. You don't, you, you know, avoid social situations. Maybe your relationships suffer, you're frustrated and you take it on your kids. Like it really infiltrates everything. And um, yeah, it's, it's just something that's so hard for women to be dealing with, especially in our society where you're on Instagram and social media all the time and these flawless skinned women, and you just even feel worse about yourself. It is really, excuse my language, but it, it's mind consuming and it can be a mind fuck. You know, I, I'm fortunate that, you know, I've experienced cystic acne. Like I don't know a a human who has never experienced it at all their whole entire life, but it's something for me, acne kind of never has ruled my life. But I do remember when I first started to experience cysts on my ovaries when I was around 19, 20, you know, I definitely, (laughs) You know, I used to, I remember carrying around foundation and Mm -hmm. concealer in my bag and at work, I would take that with me to the toilet every time I went to the toilet to just double check. I didn't have like an extra breakout and it's interesting. Or we could talk about, like, I could just go on about skin. We could talk about skin for hours. We're going to have to do like a whole series, I think. (laughs) But when it comes to your confidence, like you were saying, it doesn't just dampen that confidence in yourself for a little bit, you know, it's, it's mind consuming. So it's on your mind all the day, all all, the, all day, all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I know that is one of the most common cycle signs for women is that why do I get acne? And then the question is, well, why do they get acne at different times of their cycle? So before we go into all those questions, yeah, so many, I know a lot of questions. <laughs> I've got a list of them. Right? Good. Been- I got answers for all of them. Um, let's start with, the most common acne types, because I know that, you know, some women just talk about blackheads and then cystic acne, but there's a, there's differences between different types of um, pimples or acne. So what are they? Okay. So before we go any further, I do kind of want to touch on blackheads. So I know a lot Mm. of women, they always come to me like, Hey, my blackheads are out of control. And I want to be like, is it just your pores that are oxidized or do you truly have like blackheads? because like, you know what, we all have pores, right? And you know, especially around our nose and like the upper cheeks and even the chin where we are, we can tend to see more of our pores. If you see like little black specks, that's actually just oxidization of um, those pores. It's not actually true blackheads. True blackheads are actually a little bit bigger. So um, just know that the oxidization in those pores is totally normal and you can scrub your little heart away, but they <laughs> will never hundred percent go away. I love that you mentioned that because for everyone listening who doesn't really even know what oxidized pores means, let's just talk about oxidization for a moment. Think about when you cut an avocado in half and that avocado that you don't eat, the half you don't eat, put it back in the fridge and it goes a little bit brown. That's oxidization. So the original cells of the avocado are oxidizing. And so you're saying that your pores on your skin, on your face or any part of your body can do that too. Absolutely. So it's not necessarily that you're dealing with blackheads. It's just that your pores have um, slightly oxidized. Now, when it does come to blackheads, though, these are actually open comedones. So they can be, you know, black, dark colored spots that appear as slightly raised bumps. And then the skin around the actual blackhead can actually appear to be normal, while the center is, of course, um, much darker. Now, really, the color is not a result of the tractor. Again, those bigger blackheads are whiteheads that have opened up and then and then uh, become oxidized as well. Basically, they're dirty. And I always say to women, like, maybe you could just try a different method of cleaning your face. I know for me, there's a, a pre-cleanser that I use. And because I'm like a do-it-yourself woman, I pre-made like re- reusable makeup pad, like removable pads. Yeah. And yeah. I just use those to clean my skin. So I'll go to yoga and be clean before I go. And mm. I've just been sweaty and I don't look dirty. So it doesn't like look like I have perceived dirt on my mm. face, but I've been sweaty and detoxing and whatnot. And I'll come home and I will just use that as a kind of like a pre-cleanse and wipe off, you know, mm-hmm. like over my face. And I'm so surprised at how dirty this white pad is yeah. that I've made. It's fascinating, and- like that's, the, the, I guess that's what's contributing, right, to the oxidization of these pores and making them look like blackheads. 
Um, it's actually from the oxygen. So it's the air getting at it that's Ooh. oxidizing it. So I know a lot of people dealing with acne, and we'll definitely dig into this um, a little bit more, is that everyone thinks acne is a typical problem when it's not. It's a symptom of a deeper root issue. So I know um, acne sufferers, you know, think that maybe their skin's dirty. They haven't found the right cleanser, but it actually goes much deeper than that. So we'll, we'll touch on that, but um, I'll go through the other types of acne because there's about yes, six main forms. So we already talked about blackheads, we know what those are. Now, whiteheads, um, whiteheads are another really common one. And these are those closed comedones, right? So they're gonna be small, they're gonna be white. Um, sometimes they might be flesh colored um, bumps and they're usually circular and um, are, have white on the inside and then have that red halo, that angriness on the outside. And when you, you know, sometimes you'll pop it, you can get a little bit of like the pus that comes out, but these are smaller and they typically don't scar. Now we're to talked about the blackheads, which are just those same whiteheads, but oh, that have been opened. And then there's the inflammatory types of acne. So one of the being um, the papules are bumps under the skin's surface. So these are more like solid. Um, they're really pink. They're tender. They raise, and the skin can be slightly swollen or red. So again, they can be a little bit, um, a little bit painful. And these kind of develop when those blackheads or whiteheads have so much irritation and damage that it causes inflammation and voila. So the next one would be those pustules, which they're really, really tender, um, tender to the touch. So they're going to be a little bit larger. Uh, the center can be filled with a little bit of that white or yellow pus. And then the bump is uh, also raised as well, right? So they typically look like, look like a lot bigger, a lot angrier, a lot more inflamed versions of whiteheads. And then the last two, which are usually, the, you know, the more severe types would be the nodules. So these are hard, like hard, painful lumps um, that are deep under the skin. They are so deep that, you know, you don't want to try to pop them because they're not going to pop. And these tend to really pop up, um, excuse me, as the, like the really deep, the painful, no visible head or anything like that. So these ones can cause scarring because I know a lot of women they do try to pop them, but you're just going to be causing more damage. So the last one is the cyst acne. So these are large, these are painful. And the difference between the nodule to the cyst is the nodules tend to be like hard, where the cysts, cysts can be a little bit softer. Um, they can be red or white, um, and they are also deep under the skin and they are filled with pus. And when sim, sorry, when cysts form really deep, um, under the skin, it can be deeper than those nodules and they are the most severe type of acne that you're going to be dealing with. So those are really the six main types that you're going to be seeing. Wow. And it, I, I'm just, as I'm listening to you, Katie, I'm thinking how important it is for a woman to know what type of acne it is instead of just going, because most women that I hear from, are just like, oh, I just have cystic acne. Yeah. yeah, a lot of women do just say, oh, I have cystic acne. Um, you'll know it's more cystic when a lot of the cystic acne happens on the chin and the jawline area, and they're very painful to touch, and they're a lot bigger as well, um, and they do have pus in them. So sometimes, you know, they may get close to the surface, and then you poke and you prod and you pick, and then pus comes out, and then you end up with a big, you know, a big scab that takes a few weeks to heal, and then you end up with a scar. So it's those one that's ones that will more typically scar. Mm. Speaking about like having scabs that heal, one of the first things I noticed when I used, started using a pharmaceutically graded multivitamin was that the redness that I would have on a blemish mm -hmm. would last like two to three days max. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, that as opposed to two weeks. And that comes back to like when I'm thinking of like oxidated skin cells, not just the pores, mm -hmm. it's the replenishing and making sure you're getting the right nutrients. So that your body's beauty bits, I, this is what I call it when I educate on it, but your, your body's beauty bits are getting everything that they need. Like that's why your nails grow and that's why your eyelashes grow and hair and all that stuff. But why do we get acne? Yes. So that's the big question, right? Is in their, you know, the traditional world, everyone says that, you know, acne is going to be popping up because it's going to be genetic or you know, it's just what you're going to have. It's happening because you haven't found the right cleanser, et cetera. But the real issue here is like I mentioned before is acne is actually a symptom of a much deeper rooted issue going on inside. So acne is an external symptom of an internal problem. 
So for women dealing with chronic acne, adult women with chronic acne, it really goes back to a number of things. So acne is a very multifaceted issue. It's never just one thing that's causing you to have acne. Really the things that you want to be addressing if you have been dealing with this long-term acne is looking at the health of your gut, uh, the health of your liver, your hormonal balance, your inflammation levels, any types of stress or emotional traumas you have going on and nutrient deficiencies. So it's always a combination of these three things. And in my practice, the three things that we really have my clients focus on is the health of the gut, the health of their liver and the health of their hormones. Because when you're dealing, doing this, this is what's really creating the foundation for you, right? So um, the biggest one, the biggest pillar that we always, that I always like to focus on is your gut. Now your gut really is the foundation for the rest of your body. We know that over 70% of the immune system lies in the gut. Um, it can be a precursor for, for gut health is a precursor to a number of diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really need to be addressing that gut health because acne is actually a classic symptom of poor gut health. Now you can be dealing with, with, you know, a crappy gut, even if you have no digestive symptoms, even if you have no bloating, no, no digest indigestion, none of that stuff, acne is still a symptom of poor gut health. I wanted to be like, dun, 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 yeah. you know, for women who, because it's so common. And I think, oh, I have so many questions for you. I know if we just yeah. think for a second, you know, I don't often go to the suit, like the, the, the mall, the shopping center, whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. around the world, because I just personally don't like shopping. But the other weekend I had to go because my brother's wedding and I had to get, you know, some new shoes to wear this particular yeah. dress. Cause I didn't have those colored shoes. Anyway, I had to walk through you know, a big department store's beauty section. And so many women and marketing contributes to this and the, the beauty industry contributes to this. And I'd love your input as like a nutritionist yes. is, that, you know, the beauty industry says that this is a topical challenge. So you will heal this or fix this or cure this or overcome this with a topical thing. And if, if you're listening to this being like, what is this topical thing? It's not tropical. It means topical. It's on your skin. Yeah. And so sometimes, yes, what you put on your skin affects your skin health. But what you put on your skin actually affects more your gut and your liver health and vice versa. So your skin is a great reflection of what's going on on the inside. So let's talk about the skin gut connection. Mm-hmm. That's mm. huge, right? Is um, the gut skin connection is really, really big. So like you said, is the beauty industry will have you believe that you can buy this $90 serum and it's going to solve all of your acne issues and you're going to be totally fine the next day. If and you're going to like, anti-age at the same time. You're going to be, yeah, you're going to be Kardashian when you wake up. Like, it's going to be amazing. So we really get sucked into all of this marketing, right? They're really good at marketing their products. But how many times, like, if you are a listener and you've been dealing with acne for any length of time, I will guarantee you that they have purchased thousands of dollars worth of creams and serums and cleansers and all of the things, and they're still no better off than when they started this whole thing, right? Because these topical products are symptom management, right? They may reduce the redness, um, you know, the severity of the breakout, but they are really just a band-aid approach. They are keeping the symptoms at bay and they do nothing to actually address the root cause of your acne. They are just treating the surface of your skin. So that's why, you know, it's really, really important that if you are dealing with chronic acne, you need to be looking inside. And the first spot you need to be looking at is the gut. So Especially, you know, there's a lot of components when it comes to gut health, but what I do like to talk about is how um, something called leaky gut pops up. So I know this, that's a, a big popular term. I used to have leaky gut. Yes, right. So it's a very popular term. And what happens is when you eat, you know, a diet, you know, we grew up all eating crappy food, like eating healthy hasn't been like the thing to do and except for like last five to 10 years. So before that, I, I know. For everyone who's listening to this, who knows who, like what I do and how I eat, I used to love and so look forward to on a Saturday, my dad making hot dogs and yeah. we'd come over basketball in the morning and we'd have hot dogs with grated cheese and mustard and tomato sauce. And I now I'm just like, oh, I don't eat any of that food. No, I cringe. Like uh, before I was a nutritionist, my, fa- my family actually just looks at me in all these days because back in the day. I didn't eat vegetables. I lived off of craft dinner and pierogies and grilled cheeses. Like I ate that standard North American diet through and through. 
So I think a lot of us, you know, when you grew up eating this crappy diet, you take things like the birth control pill, antibiotics, prescriptions, the pesticides in the food and the water that we're drinking, it goes right mm-hmm. into the gut, right? And it's going to be damaging your gut lining. Now, I like to explain your gut as it has this liner, right? When this liner becomes porous from the inflammatory foods and the prescriptions, it starts to add, you know, have these little holes pop up. And when these little holes pop up, it starts to let undigested food particles and toxins into the bloodstream. Now, this is really bad because when this happens, it allows for inflammation to circulate throughout your body, this chronic inflammation, and it triggers acne to form. So that is just one of the ways on how your gut has a really, really big impact on your skin. And, you know, some other things that can be popping up is, is there certain types of overgrowth going on in your your gut that has acne as a symptom? Um, you know, really that imbalance of the good and bad bacteria have a direct impact on the health of your skin as well. That's me to a T thinking about when I had leaky gut, you know, and I've like, there's other podcast episodes about this. If you're listening to this and like, I want to hear your leaky gut story, um, go like, go and listen to the leaky gut stuff. But you know, I, anytime I got sick and I got sick every three to four months, antibiotics, I already was living gluten-free. I've been gluten-free for 20 years. Um, so I, I reasonably ate a very well, like a good diet. I was very healthy. I was athletic. I've never been overweight, mm-hmm. but I was stressed. I probably yes. wasn't in a very good emotional balance. <clears throat> I didn't probably treat my gut well with alcohol and, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 compacts right but a question that i'm often asked before we get into like the menstrual cycle questions is about candida Uh, i'm seeing a lot of women a lot of women experiencing oh my god i've got thrush okay that thrush is actually candida which comes from your gut and then they're complaining about hang on let me reframe that they're not complaining they're acknowledging that they have acne and they're not enjoying it and so they're wanting to make a change Mm -hmm. but we're Let's talk about candida and acne. Is there a link between the two? Oh, huge. I cannot tell you how many of my acne clients come to me dealing with huge candida overgrowth, like huge. Now you can be doing like all of the healthy eating you want, but if you were not addressing the overgrowth of whether it's a bacteria or a yeast in your gut, you will never get rid of your skin issues because that candida. So just know that candida is something that naturally lives on and in the body issue pops up when this candida, which is a yeast is when it overgrows, right? You get that overgrowth. And when this happens, it actually starts to break down the wall of your intestine, which is that leaky gut and really penetrates into the bloodstream that we just talked about and starts producing those toxic byproducts into your body. And, you know, when you're dealing with this overgrowth in the gut, like it's impacting the health of your your gut microbiome. So for many of my clients, I think right now we have maybe about six or seven of our active clients going through a candida protocol right now. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, just quickly in like a short one or two sentences, what is candida for all the women who are like, huh? I don't know. A lot of people talk about candida so flippantly today. It's just, but a I, I, yeah, a yeast infection. And it's funny. Cause like when I see, you know, I'm very cautious about, Whatever fresh produce I buy, I want to make sure that I eat it before it goes off or goes moldy. Mm-hmm. And whenever I see mold growing on something and then it's spreading and it's spreading and it's spreading, I'm like, oh, it's like candida on the fruit. <laughs> it's the right? growth. It's, it's not yeast, but like it's such a great visual example visual. Absolutely. that it starts like so small mm-hmm. and then slowly it can overtake and overtake. And then that moldness maybe mold's the wrong word for referring to gut health, but because I don't want people to get confused with mold, toxicity, but yeah, but with the yeast on the food is that, you know, it starts eating away at the food the same way you would eat away at your, your stomach lining. And I never knew that I had candida, but I would probably contribute to the fact that, you know, all this sugar was definitely not contributing to it. So candida loves sugar. um, It's favorite food. mm, So let's talk about, um, candida acne and your menstrual cycle okay so when like we talked about is candida so let's rewind a second here so Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize but your gut is actually responsible for manufacturing and regulating a lot of the hormones in your body and if your gut health is not in tip-top shape that means you're going to be dealing with with hormonal imbalances 
So if you're dealing with this candida, with this yeast overgrowth, it's going to be, again, affecting your, affecting your hormones, which is of course going to be affecting your menstrual cycle. These same hormones are going to be affecting your acne. The poor gut health is affecting your acne. So you can kind of see how all of these things start to intermingle together. And I know a lot of women, when they first come to see me, they're like, oh yeah, like I have acne, but oh, I'm also dealing, dealing with irregular periods and I have these really bad headaches and my energy is really low and I have this weight gain. And for them in their head, like these are all separate issues. But when I hear, hear them say these things to me, it actually, they're all symptoms of the same thing going on. It's all leading back to that poor gut health, that liver toxicity and that hormonal imbalance. So when you really work to heal up that gut lining, get that body detoxified and work on your, those hormones, you know, not only does your acne go away, but your cycles regulate, you know, the energy goes up, all of those symptoms you've been dealing with clear up as well. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. Well Women Academy is a weekly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Led by myself and other pioneering guest teachers, together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and lots more. This is your chance to join an international supportive community of women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's like no other in the world. Not to mention, it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. Learn more and join us at wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. So what I'm hearing you say, Katie, is that, you know, that song they play as a kid now, I'm just assuming they do this in Canada, is like, you know, you're like, you know, your nose is connected to the whatever in your body yeah. and like, the hip bones okay. connected to the thigh bone and the thigh bones. Basically, your hormones, your gut health, your liver, and your skin, and your menstrual cycle are all linked. Absolutely. And so for the women who are listening to this, tuning into this episode because they're wanting to learn about acne and cycle health specifically, mm-hmm. I think it's important for you to recognize that if you're just targeting the affected area, which is your skin, and you're like, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm putting all the creams on and I'm washing so good. And yeah. I don't touch my face. If the acne is still coming, you've got to remember that everything you see on the outside comes from the inside. Yes. Absolutely. So like, I think just like, just realize that caring for yourself. And when you see women who have, you know, great health, like it's, it's an all round job, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just an, like a, an alienated specific area. Absolutely. Um, so Let's talk about acne at the different phases of our menstrual cycle. So we've got menstruation, the follicular phase, ovulation, and then the luteal phase. We can just, mm-hmm. I always refer to those as the inner seasons. So inner winter, inner spring, inner summer, and inner autumn. Right. Most women I, who, who I've come into contact with and hear from, it's around the inner autumn pre-menstruation, post-ovulation yeah. phase they get the most disruptive acne on their face but is there a link between acne at each of those different phases and so like if a woman's getting it you know pre-ovulation like what is that a sign of so in general we obviously know i'm sure your listeners know that your hormones are obviously always fluctuating throughout the cycle right so the first half of your cycle the estrogen is rising the second half the progesterone is rising and when the progesterone starts to rise it can actually start to really stimulate for those oil glands of yours, right? All the oil glands on your skin to start to produce more sebum. Now, sebum is really that thick substance that the oil glands produce to really lubricate your skin. Now, as your period approaches those two hormones, the estrogen and progesterone, they, they fall, but your testosterone stays about the same. So, you know, with that being, with your testosterone still raised, um, oil glands start to produce even more sebum on top of that. So this really starts for that premenstrual acne to start popping up because the pores are clogged with that excess sebum, maybe some dead skin cells. And this really creates that perfect home of bacteria, right? That's where the bacteria loves to be, which causes that immune system to react um, to that bacteria and then causes the inflammation of those pimples to start popping up. So 
really for women, when we're talking more cyclical acne, it's popping up in between like day seven to 10 before their period. Mm. So hang on, day seven to 10 days before their period? Correct. Seven to, and they were okay. seven to 10 days before their period is when their acne can be popping up. So for some women, it may be really bad. And again, this is, can be based on hormonal imbalances because in an ideal world, that's how our hormones function. But unfortunately for many women, they're dealing with big time hormonal imbalances. So maybe they're dealing with estrogen dominance all of the time. Maybe they have low progesterone. Maybe they're dealing with, you know, what we like to call an androgen rebound, which is too much testosterone. So again, in an ideal world, that would, is what would be going on. But if, you know, you're really struggling with hormonal acne and you're not able to really pinpoint it, it's important that you actually test the hormones properly to see what's going on in your cycle, to see which of the hormones are really out of whack. It's a really great point because I know a lot of women just think, oh, my acne, it's estrogen, right? Because all kind of bumpy kind of pus-like, nodule-like, cystic-like acne is uh, estrogen, right? But there's so many other facets that can can come exactly. into that. So that's just a really great point is like get your hormones tested, get a really good vigorous testing done. It's something I personally do every six months and I encourage all women to do that because it's great to know about your cycle health. Um, so let's talk about the facts like, holy shit, I have acne. Now, what do I do? So <laughs> for women who are, uh, are tuning in to, to yeah. get some tips on what they can do, let's talk about what foods and lifestyle habits mm-hmm. are best to improve, um, acne and hopefully avoid it in the, in the future. Or- Absolutely. So of course, you know, being a nutritionist, I know that diet really is the foundation to not just your skin health, but your overall health, right? So that first step that I like to take with my clients is making sure they're focusing on an anti-inflammatory diet. All that means is it's foods that naturally reduce inflammation in the body. So these are going to be foods that are, you know, really high in your antioxidants, like your dark pigmented berries, wild blueberries, everything like that any of your fruits and veggies that are high in vitamin A or vitamin C, vitamin E, and even zinc, like zinc is such a healing nutrient for the skin, really high in things like pumpkin seeds. So making sure you're having lots of those antioxidants in there. Um, I love green tea because again, green tea is super high in those antioxidants, but it's also really great at helping to support just some liver detoxification. My favorite is a matcha green tea. Um, Of course, having lots of the healthy fats. So these are the good fats that your body needs whether it's avocado, wild salmon, flax seeds, and then just to help supporting the health of that gut is you want to be having those probiotic rich foods as well. So, you know, you're going to be getting that in the sauerkraut, the kimchi, the bikavas, all of those wonderful things. Now on this other hand is those foods that are really going to be triggering acne to form. So the three biggest food groups that are really causing acne is dairy, refined sugar, and those highly processed carbohydrates. And especially things like the, the refined vegetable oil. So canola oil, please like just step away from the canola oil. If there's anything you do for learn from them is avoid canola oil. And then one of the runner-ups is everybody's favorite gluten. Um, because gluten, again, this could be a whole nother podcast, but gluten really does have an impact on that leaky gut. So it's something I also recommend people try to avoid. I think too, you know, having grown up in a family of celiacs and you know having the celiac gene and ha- like being <laughs> living for two decades as a gluten-free human, um, I think there's a lot of misconception about, oh, but I like, why am I all of a sudden now do I need to not eat gluten when I don't have celiacs? I would say, well, because of your gut health. Yes. You know, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, but I just really love bread or I love pizza or, you know, whatever it might be, there are really good alternatives, but Mm -hmm. often when you cut and like, you're the nutritionist here, right? But when you cut and so tell me if I'm wrong, please. I love that. But when you cut out gluten and then you're like, well, I'm just not going to eat gluten bread, but I'll eat gluten-free bread. A lot of the gluten-free foods are loaded with certain types of grains that actually are still inflammatory. Yeah. And you want to know what, something I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about those acne causes is another one is, is blood sugar. Like when you're dealing with like poor blood sugar ups and downs, all the things, that's a really big cause of acne. 
And the issue is when people start to try to go gluten-free, like there's a wrong way to go gluten-free. Just because it's a, it's a gluten-free cupcake does not mean it's good for you. Um, you know, mm. it's, still, it's <laughs> still made with highly processed starches. So a lot of them is, you know, the white rice and um, there's still usually sugar in them and they're very highly processed. So they're going to be causing your blood sugar levels to spike, which again can be triggering acne to form. So when you are going gluten-free, um, again, some, depending on the person, sometimes they need to go in stages and they're like, you want to what? I just need to find a gluten-free bread. So they switch to gluten-free bread. And I'm like, okay, you want to what? I think I can pull back on that. And then I can just start having like, uh, something in place of it. So having something that's almond flour based or whatever it may be. So mm-hmm. if you are truly trying to eat, you know, the dairy free and the gluten free, well, you still want to be making sure that you're choosing things are nutritious and aren't just about equally processed food. Yeah, such a great, like, it really is a great tip. Don't cull your entire house out of food yes. without making good transitions because you're just, you're destining yourself for failure and and rebound, really. Um, now, you mentioned two things before that I would love to t- touch on. Mm-hmm. Oil was one of them. And then you mentioned about carbohydrates. Um Oh, what well, I can't remember exactly what it was, but you and I'm just kind of thinking you're talking about like deep fried foods, but mm-hmm. with the the types of carbohydrate hydrates and the way in which they're cooked that are good to avoid or contribute to imbalanced skin health. Mm-hmm. What can you just give us a quick little list of what they are so that we've got of like the bad of the refined carbs? Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, absolutely. Carbs. Yeah, so the refined carbs. So. These are, again, are going to be things that are spiking your blood sugar levels. So any of the white flour, the white rice, the white sugar, white sugar. And I often hear a lot of the times is, oh, Katie, I don't eat any of those things. But unfortunately, they infiltrate in so many little areas of your, of your day-to-day foods that you wouldn't necessarily know. So, you know, of course, there's the obvious ones like, you know, the junk food, the, the chips and the pizza and burgers and pop and like all of those spots where they're going to be highly processed, but you're going to also have them sneaking into, you know, especially those refined sugars, like a refined sugar is still a refined carbohydrate. So you're going to be having all of those sneak into things like salad dressings, like salad dressings Mm -hmm. are typically full of sugars. And that's a big one or protein bars. A lot of people eat protein bars. It's basically a glorified chocolate bar. Um, you know, a lot of these really, you know, pasta sauces, um, crackers, breads. Like I like to say anything packaged, literally anything packaged. will have. You know, you, oh yeah. And just because, you know, I, so I worked for seven years in food manufacturing and, you know, I used to create the food labels. And so along with lots of other things and in food science formulation, what a lot of people don't realize is that you know, the general consumer is unaware that sugar can be listed in well over 50 different names. Oh, yeah. So, like, the thing that frustrates the F out of me, Katie, like, let me just rant this one out, <laughs> is that when I go to the supermarket or the store and, you know, I'm like, you know, I eat pretty fucking good. And so yeah. sometimes I'm like, you know what, I just really want, like, some sweet potato chips mm-hmm. or you know I'm just like it's it's a that's an ultimate sometimes food for me like yeah. maybe once every couple of months I'll do something like that mm-hmm. and then you go and you're reading it all and one of the ingredients is multidextrin or mm-hmm. maltose or Malt- dextrose and I'm just like why is this labeled a vegan food why does it have all this stuff on it and I know immediately if I eat that I'm going to look six months pregnant and that's going to damage oh, yeah. my gut Exactly. And you want to know what? But it's found in the health food aisle, so it must be good for you, right? Exactly. I think that's the thing is, and you want to know what? I, I also want people to still go out and, and enjoy your life. Like, I'll tell you, I like I eat healthier forms of, like, say, like something chip-like or cracker-like um, because, you know, sometimes I just want that snack. But you just have to be cautious that you're, you're getting foods that are made with whole ingredients. You're not getting, like, super highly processed that's covering those things because, like you just said, is, you're going to be getting those gut reactions. Um, and if it's not a gut reaction, you know, maybe you're going to be waking up to a breakout the next day or, you know, when it does come to those really high glycemic foods. So high glycemic is just a fancy way of saying it's higher. It makes your blood sugar levels um, increase faster than foods that are low in glycemic. So those refined carbohydrates, whether it's the chips, you know, the white flour, the white rice, whatever it is, 
is like I said, is it's going to cause your body um, blood sugar levels to rise a lot faster than its counterparts. And when this these blood sugar levels rise, what's actually happening is your body responds by creating a lot of, a lot of insulin, right? So when this happens, it's the high blood sugar, high insulin situation that's really causing the acne to pop up, right? Because these high glycemic, high sugar foods are really causing hormone changes um, at your pores that really lead to acne. So I find that when you start making a connection between the food that you're putting in your body and the symptoms that are popping up, it makes it a lot easier of a habit to break and can help you, you know, really work to find those healthier substitutions. Totally. Education is so important so that you understand. Um, you know, it just makes me think of a few people who I know in the past as type one diabetics, you know, providing themselves insulin because it's light, like that's important to them extremely, you know, they've all had some kind of acne challenge and, you know, that just is a great example of blood sugar and insulin and how that can contribute. Um, now my other question was about oils. Cause you were like, look, just step away from the canola oil. And there's so many oil debates about like, what is the best oil to use for this yeah. or for that? But let's just focus on healthy oils to cook with and add into your salad dressings or just yeah. to use in your kitchen that is good for your skin health. Amazing. So yes, um, I am on a mission to make sure people remove canola oil from their diet. It is so heavily refined. It is so high in, in the inflammatory omega-6s. It's causing body-wide inflammation. That's not just causing acne, but it's causing a lot of, because um, inflammation is really at the root of almost every disease out there, right? So if you're just feeding it tons of canola oil, you're just like spiking that inflammation. It's like adding fuel to the fire. So if you're, you know, stepping away from that canola oil, some of my favorite oils is olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, these are really wonderful. So I like using olive oil in salad dressings because it has a much lower smoke point around 325 to 350 Fahrenheit is that smoke point. And if your listeners are wondering what is a smoke point, you don't want to heat an oil above that smoke point because it can start to turn rancid and toxic, toxic and, you know, cause more inflammation in the body. So olive oil should stick to, you know, very low heat and for salad dressings. Anything of the high heat, I love using avocado oil for because it has a much higher smoke point of about 425. Um, another high smoke point oil is coconut as well. So these are three really great multi-purpose oils and they're the ones that I keep on hand at all times. Now, of course, there's a lot of other wonderful like seed oil, like flaxseed oil. That's an oil that should never be heated because it's, it's very sensitive to heat. So that would be another one to drizzle on top of salads uh, and things like that. Awesome, because it's a question that a lot of people get confused about. So I'm really glad that we that we touched yes. on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think out of everything that we're talking about, or you're sharing about, I should say, I'm just listening, is that um, when it comes to food, you can only control what you physically purchase and you physically cook. You know, if you're going out for a, you know, a, a birthday and you're going to a restaurant that you don't, you didn't get to choose, you know, it comes down to like making educated and informed decisions yeah. around your food, depending on what your goals are. And I know a lot of women, I'm just going to like call out a few women here. Not, I'm not, not going to call out names. Don't worry. But, you know, for women who were like, oh, look, I'm like, my body doesn't like dairy. And then you go out for dinner and you're like, oh, but I really want that cake. And it's got dairy in it, or I really want that, you know, particular meal. And you're like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. Excuse this Aussie slang. But when it comes to, to that, just know the compound effect of your health mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just refocus on like, okay, would my body really like this? And is this going <laughs> to just serve a short-term rush or a long-term, you know, benefit? And so I know that everyone has done this at some stage in their life, but with food is that, you know, I always say, Katie, that burgers don't fly into your mouth. You place them there. So make educated decisions about what you're putting in your mouth and know that, you know, if you are really responsible about what you have in your house and what you cook, you know, on an 80% of the week basis and you go out for dinner and they might use a little bit of canola oil in that cooking. Sure. Just know that it's not the end of the world because what you're doing most of the time is more important. Exactly. And that's something that, um, you know, I talk to my clients a lot about. Actually, we do. I have a I have a lesson in my clear screen solution program on how to order when you go to restaurants. 
because I know oh, yes. that becomes a there's a lot of stress I think around food because I know a lot of women when I first meet with them they are like Katie you know I I I I don't even know what to eat so I don't want to eat anything and there's just a lot of food fear and food stress and food obsession and it's mm-hmm. just really about like you said is making smart choices when you can at home you are responsible for, you know most people are responsible for buying their groceries making their food feeding themselves now when you go out to restaurants you just have to learn how to read menus art. So something I recommend is, you know, look at the menu before you go everywhere has an online menu. So that way you can really take your time and read through the menu instead of when you're at the restaurant and you get stressed because you're talking to everybody. And then you're like, Oh my God, I'm just going to order that. And then you don't even know what's in it. So I always recommend reading the menu beforehand. And yes, you know, the majority 99% of restaurants out there use canola oil in their cooking. It's not going to be the end of the world because you're doing all of the other good things behind the scenes. Um, but if you are someone that is actively dealing with acne, I do heavily suggest that we avoid dairy at all costs. So mm-hmm. that would be something that you would want to work on while you're temporarily doing that therapeutic protocol. I know I probably got off on that tangent there, but I just, I, I love, love a good tangent. I love a good tangent. Um, I'm just giggling to myself when you were like, look, most restaurants have an online menu. Look at the menu online. So I've been dairy-free for eight years and gluten-free for two decades. I've been meat-free for seven years, mm-hmm. meat with feet-free. I just don't eat animals with feet. And um, for me, going out and eating, I just say, look, I'm gluten-free vegan. It's the easiest yeah. way to label, like, yeah, label no it to the waitress or the waiter. But I everywhere I go, I pre-look at the menu online everywhere. to make sure when I get to the rest, this is why, everyone, so that when I get to the restaurant, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's going to oh make God, me exactly. crap. I don't know what to do. I actually go and I have a much better time and I enjoy yeah. myself knowing that I'm prepared and that, yep, I've already made my food decision, don't even have to think about it, and I can just enjoy the company. Totally. And you want know what I've also done is if I've even called a restaurant before, and if I call ahead and it's been like, hey, like I'm coming to a restaurant. Do you have anything you could recommend that's you know, gluten or, or gluten dairy free? And they're like, yeah, no problem. You're not comfortable with calling before because I'm a little ballsy being a nutritionist. So I will just do any of the things. <laughs> if you get, to, if you have a general idea, you've looked at the menu, you're like, you want to want, I think A or B would be good. You get there and if you tell the wait, the server and you're like, hey, you know, um, I don't have gluten or dairy, what would you suggest? Every single restaurant these days can cater to gluten and dairy free because it is so popular these days. Like you and I have been gluten-free for a long time. So back in the day, finding gluten-free at a restaurant was near impossible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't eat out for a solid decade. Yeah. <laughs> for a solid. Yeah. I used to go to dinner and with friends and I would eat before I went and I would just I would sit eat. have a drink and that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's such, it's, it's, it's not necessarily ballsy. It's just smart and showing yeah. that your health is, your pro- is a priority. And I just want to say, um, I'm like really well known for this in my family that if we go out and, you know, I'll order something, I'll say, look, can I change this for this? And can we add that in? And my meal always comes and it like my, it's generally my mom who's just like, what was that on the menu? <laughs> and I was like, it was this with a custom ad of this, this, and this, and this. And so like you then get the meal that you need that benefits you. And I think living with le- leaky gut and then I had PCOS, you know, I've learned to, 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 I, it's actually on my website, on my contact page, about, on my about page, you know, my family and my, my best friend says that I'm unapologetic about my food boundaries because Absolutely. like this here is my, is my temple. And if I want this thing to take me a long way in this lifetime, yeah. I need to look after it. And so yes, sometimes I splurge and I do a few little random things, which people yeah. don't think is out there, but it's really about just knowing that your health is important and it's totally okay to put yourself first and to ask questions and make requests. Absolutely. Hands down your health, you know, without your health, you don't have anything. I think for people that have dealt with any type of health issues, you know, whether it's acne, PCOS, um, you know, any type of disease, they know what it's like to be on that pain and to be able to, you know, get yourself out of that and feel good you know, there's nothing, there's nothing that can, you know, want you to ha- like go backwards, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Totally. Oh God, we could talk about this forever. Oh yeah. So let's wrap it up with a final yeah. question before I do our final yeah. podcast question. For listeners who are listening, 
course listeners are listening Gemma but for those tuning in and uh thinking all right like well where can I start what are three to five foundationals that a woman or a man or regardless of your gender could do on a daily basis to just benefit their skin health in the present and well into the future Absolutely. So first and foremost is definitely your diet, focusing on that anti-inflammatory diet. A simple one, you guys, is drinking water, getting two to three liters of filtered water every single day. No coffee is not included in that um, because water, your body needs water to survive. It needs it for all of your, your bodily functions, for, for detoxifying, for, you know, for people that are chronically constipated, like you need water. So one is food, two is water. You said how many? You went three to five. Okay, let's um next up would be reduce your stress. Reducing your stress levels is huge. It is such, you know, it's that silent killer where if you are dealing with high stress levels, your gut health will be compromised because there is a gut-brain skin connection. If we go a little bit deeper, that's for another podcast. Um, it's affecting your gut health, it's affecting your hormonal health. So you need to be reducing stress. You need to be sleeping consistently. I know people are like, Katie, how is sleeping going to make my acne any better? It is, it is going to having consistent sleep, getting those seven to nine hours a night, going to bed at the same time every night, waking up, that's going to be helping keep your body in that constant state of rhythm and, you know, making sure that your hormones stay balanced. Cause when you're not sleeping, that's going to be affecting your cortisol levels as well. So that would be, I would say that would be four things. So I think those are four solid things. They're great. Anti-inflammatory diet, water, reduce stress and sleep. And sleep is like life. It is the most important thing. Yeah. And I think it's the thing that goes out the window for most people. Yeah. I'm watching that. One of the first things. Extra four episodes on Netflix every night. (laughs) Exactly. Or scrolling um, unpurposefully on your phone. Exactly. Um, Katie, this has been amazing. Thank you. So freaking good. So many great points. I'm sure everyone who's tuning in is just like, yes, I can do that and I can make this little change. And I think even just understanding about the different types of acne and why things can, you know, show up at different times of your cycle is so important. Mm -hmm. So how can our listeners find you if they're like, I need to know more about Katie and what she's doing? So you can find me uh, on all the social media and all of, and on my website. So you can find me at katiestewartwellness.com. And Stuart is S-T-E-W. And then Instagram at Katie Stewart Wellness, Facebook, Katie Stewart Wellness. I made it super easy to, to um, find me there. And I would love if you guys have listened to the podcast, comment on one of my Instagram posts that you listen. So I'd love to know please do. Uh, that, you, that you found me through, through the podcast. Yes, please do reach out to Katie and share. Um, I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. Now, you mentioned that a little bit earlier, like the, you know, one of the programs that you have around skin health. Yes. So tell us just quickly, you know, if, if a woman has been, you know, working with chronic acne for a while, this sounds like something that could be really good for them. Yeah. So like I said, is I dealt with chronic acne. So I took all of my education and knowledge and trial and error and Googling and all the things. And I built this in this six month program called the Clear Skin Solution. So this is for women that have been dealing with their chronic acne and haven't been able to do it on their own because it's confusing. It's overwhelming. They don't know where to turn. So what we do is we walk them through those big pillars, which is the gut health, the liver health, and the hormonal health, of course, while reducing stress, inflammation, and sleep to really help them pinpoint what the causes is causing their acne, what to do to fix it and guide them to the other side and make sure they have that support and that accountability person in place so that they don't fall off track and they continue on because I would never want a woman to have to continue feeling the way they do, feeling they're stuck with acne and just know that there is a solution. And that's why I created my program. Awesome. Well, I'm going to include the link to that in the show notes so everyone can kind of learn a little bit more about that if they feel drawn and called, called to. But honestly, from, from myself suffering with leaky gut from BCOS, which also impacted my skin health after being on the pill for 12 years, oh you know, it just goes to show that, um, you know, the outs of your appearance and how the health of your hair, skin, nails, overall skin, not even just your facial skin, mm-hmm. is just a direct reflection of what's going on inside. And if there's something, you know, going on on the outside, let's tune in. And so this could really help them. So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. All right. Final podcast question. Yes. It's a question we ask all of our guests. Bit of a change of change of gears. Okay, what is it? 
<laughs> da, na, 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 is what are three guiding tips that you wish you had have learned as a young menstruator that you now know? So think back to when you first went through menarche, your first period, and yes. three things you wish you had have learned or known or been told then that you now know today. I oh so I know this is probably like t- too much information, but just the fact that your body Never. has different types of discharges throughout the month. I didn't know that when I was a teenager. I thought there was something wrong with me. So just knowing that there's those fluctuations in that would be something I wish I knew earlier. One that I'm fortunate I can't go back on is not to take the birth control pill because it messed up my body so badly. And three is that it's not something, something that's embarrassing to talk about. It's, you know, it shouldn't be a taboo subject. It happens to women, every single woman it happens to, and, you know, being able to be more open and talk about these, these things can not only make you feel, you know, less alone on say your menstrual journey, but just help you understand what's going on in your body more. I love it. They're Mm -hmm. such great tips. Thank you so much. Katie, thanks for being on the show. And coming in and tuning in with everything around cycle and acne, cycle acne and just acne in general. I've loved it. And I'm sure everyone who's listening has loved it. Um, Do you have any final comments or anything final to share before we wrap up? Yes. My final thing is if you can walk away knowing one thing from what we talked about today is that your acne is a symptom of an internal issue and you absolutely do not have to be stuck with it as a life sentence. I love it love it thank you so much for joining me and making the time i'm sure everyone is feeling very blessed to hear all this information and yeah thank you thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the well women podcast i trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did if you got a lot out of it too please subscribe and leave a five-star review on itunes or your podcast app this means together we can inspire connect and educate even more women Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.